Hi, my name is Rita Trotter, founder of The Health and Fitness Coach. Welcome to The Health Collective Podcast, where we talk everything body, business, balance and being for busy women looking to take control of their health, weight and body for good. Enjoy today's episode. So welcome to today's episode of the Health uh, Collective. And today we are going to be talking about mindset. So the last couple of sessions, we've spoken about two of the three pillars in terms of changing our bodies, whether that's in terms of losing weight, getting fit, healthy, strong, all sorts of different things that people have goals around. We've spoken about nutrition and we've spoken about exercise. And don't worry, those aren't the only two episodes where we're going to talk about that. But today we're going to be talking about really the basis of creating a mind that is going to allow us to create a body that we enjoy. Because we all know that unless it comes from an internal place, usually the physical changes won't last. So 95% of people who lose weight put it back on again, plus some within the space of one to two years. That is a staggering number, right? 95% of the population who lose weight, and I'm talking about anything from five pounds to five stone, after they've lost it, 95% of them will put it back on plus an extra sort of 10% within the space of one to two years. Why? Why does this happen? Well, fundamentally, it's because most people focus from the outside in. What do I mean by that? Well, imagine you had a, let's say you wanted a hot tub. Everyone wants a hot tub, right? Maybe you don't. Think of something else. But let's say you wanted a hot tub. Most people go, yeah, I want the hot tub. And they won't really think about much else. I just want it. I want it to be round and that's about it. I want it to fit six people and a bottle of shampoos on the side. That's kind of the outcome. The outcome is having a hot tub, but there's there's layers before that. So the, the hot tub's the outside, just like weight loss. That's the outcome that we want, right? Now, before you can get the hot tub, some people will think about sort of some logistics, shall we say. So have I got enough space? Is it going to fit with my decor? Is it the right color? Is it you know, um, all year round weatherproof, you know, they'll think about a couple of those sort of logistics, nothing too deep, just some sort of basic things. And I guess what we could equate that to is like the habits. So everybody looks at the outcome first, the weight loss, the toning, the hot tub. Some people then look at what we could sort of call the the walls, sort of the, the slight structure, which is you know, the habits and the behaviours that cause the outcome, the habits and behaviours that cause the weight loss, that cause the strengthening, that cause the fitness, in terms of the hot tub, things like making sure that we've got the right colour scheme, making sure that we've got space, making sure that it works, you know, with our surroundings. Very few people go a layer deeper. And that's where we really need to be starting. So a layer deeper is what we would call the foundations. So in terms of your hot tub, it's is the ground that it's going on going to be able to take a hot tub plus a thousand to two thousand liters of water? Have you got your foundations in place? Because if you don't, if you just put it on decking without any foundations in place, whoop, it's gonna 
splot right through, right? It's just going to fall. Those foundations won't be strong enough to hold the hot tub up, but not a lot of people think about that. And in terms of our body, in terms of our weight loss, the foundation is the identity. So your identity is the foundation of every habit and every behavior that you have. So rather than tackling the outcome or the habits or behaviors, what we really need to do is look at the identity that they've developed from. Because we've got a million thoughts and feelings and habits when it comes to our health and our weight. We've got millions of them. And every single feeling that you have, every single emotional feeling that you have creates a million thoughts. What what most of us do is we spend our entire life trying to tackle each thought. I shouldn't eat that. I should do that. I need to go to the gym. I ought to do this. I better get up early. I better go to bed early. We spend our entire life tackling every single thought. And it's overwhelming and stressful. If you're trying to tackle a million different thoughts about how you feel, how horrendous is that? It's difficult. It's long. But if all of those thoughts, if all of those million of thoughts have come from one feeling, one emotion, one part of your identity, then rather than tackling the million thoughts, you need to look at that part of you that emotion because if you then heal it if you then break down whatever the negativity is and build upon it positively then all of the million thoughts that have come from it disappear you don't need to tackle them individually you don't need to tackle every single habit because the habit's just an expression of self that's it so for instance as a smoker some of you will have heard me say this but i used to smoke very heavily You know, I was in the catering industry for a long time. I used to smoke a lot. Why? Because it was stressful and it was what everybody did. It was the only way to get a five-minute break. If you said, can I have five minutes? It was a no. If you said, can I go for a cigarette? It was a yes, right? So everybody smoked. So for years, I was a smoker. And I tried to quit on so many occasions in the same way that people try and lose weight. And I would do it for maybe like two, three, four I think the longest I did it for was maybe sort of eight weeks. And just like you in losing weight, I would inevitably lose the battle with what I thought I was battling with at the time, which was willpower. It wasn't what I was battling with, but it's what I thought I was battling with. And it's probably what you think you're battling with in your weight loss. You're not. And I would lose the battle and I would give in and I would have a cigarette and I just couldn't do it. Every time I tried to quit, it wouldn't stick. Why? What I noticed was that every time I tried to quit and somebody would inevitably offer me a cigarette, I would say, no, thank you. I'm trying to quit. So what's my identity at that point? Is my identity a smoker or a non-smoker? If I'm trying to quit, what am I identifying as? I'm identifying as a smoker trying to quit. So I identify as somebody who still smokes. So inevitably, even if it was eight weeks of trying, I couldn't continue to try any longer because my identity said you smoke. That's who you are. So I had to give in to my identity, not to willpower. It's never about willpower. It's your identity and who you believe that you are. And I believed I was a smoker. So I smoked again. 
the day that I quit and I never looked back, and now I, I haven't smoked for years and years and years, the day I quit and I never looked back wasn't the day that I said, oh, no, thank you, I'm trying to quit. It was the day that someone offered me a cigarette and I said, no, thank you, I'm not a smoker. That was the day it changed because at that point my identity shifted. My identity changed from being someone who smoked and tried not to to someone that just didn't do that. I wasn't that kind of person. So what is your identity around your weight, around your body? Do you keep telling yourself, I'm trying to lose weight? Because if you are, what does that mean you're identifying as? You're identifying as someone who is overweight. You're identifying as someone who will forever be trying to lose weight rather than someone who just naturally eats well for them. So one of the first things we've got to look at is identity. What identity do you hold for yourself? Is that identity someone that always chooses the lazy choice? Is the identity someone who, you know, I never have time? Now, another word for identity is, is story. And a lot of us hold stories about ourselves, but it's essentially a way of defining who we are. It's a part of our identity. I'm big boned. I have a slow metabolism. I have bad hormones. These are all parts of our identity, which then create habits. So let's say we have an identity that says, I have no time to care for myself, and I have poor metabolism. If that's how we identify, what actions are we going to take? Well, every action we take is a vote towards our identity. Our brain is, in some ways, the most complex thing on the planet, and in some ways, very simplistic. And one of the simplistic elements of our brain is it wants us to be right. Women, it's okay to be right. Our brain wants us to be, right? Our brain will always find a way for us to be true. I'll give you an example. Have you ever had a moment where, and I'm just going to use this as a hypothetical, but you can probably relate it to other times in your life. Someone said to you, you know, pass the salt, whether you're at the dinner table or whatever it might be. And you go, I can't see it. They say, it's right in front of you. It's right there. I can't see it. What are you talking about? Why can't you see the salt? It's it's two inches in front of your face. Just pass me the salt. And you're like, I can't see it. And then they come up to you at the dinner table, pick it up. And it was literally like this far in front of your face. And you think, well, what on earth? Why couldn't I see it? Why? It's right in front of me. Have you ever had that? Looking for the remote and you said, I can't find the remote. And then it, it's right in front of you on the table. Ever had that? Keys? We've all had those moments. Why does that happen? Well, it's not that your eyes can't see it. Your eyes are seeing the salt. The, your eyes are seeing the keys, the remote. What's happening is your brain is creating a neurological blocker. It's stopping the signal from your eyes to your uh, sort of reciprocal system saying the salt's there. You can see it. It's just shutting it down. Why? Because your brain wants you to be right. The moment you said to that other person, I cannot see the salt, your brain went, cool. Well, she needs to be right, so we're going to shut off the pathways. Exactly what your brain does. If you choose to make a statement about yourself or to hold a belief about yourself, your brain will do everything in its power to create evidential proof for that to be true. So if you say that your identity is someone who doesn't have time 
and has a slow metabolism, then your brain will find everything it possibly can to give you evidence that that's true. It will do everything it can to give you votes towards that identity being accurate. It will find all the reasons in the world to prove to you that you don't have time, to prove to you that your metabolism shut. It won't find solutions. It will actively not find solutions because that would prove you to be a liar, to be inaccurate. So your identity is everything. So if your identity is I have no time, your brain will say, yes, all of these little gaps that we can see, we're going to fill. We're going to create a reason why they can't be used for self-care or exercise or bubble baths or food prep or whatever it might be. It will actively create habits that avoid having time. You will actively be constantly busy. You will actively be constantly under pressure in terms of your time management, because your brain is proving your identity to be true. So we have to, and don't, this is not me giving you any signals, it's just I have an itchy ear, by the way. I've, I've had a couple of people say, are you, are, you, are you doing anything? No, it's just itchy ear. So we have to change the identity, because what happens for most people is, let's say they go, I want the outcome of losing three stones. So they go, I need to be in the right headspace, which again is absolute BS, by the way. There's no such thing as the right headspace because unless you can prove to me that you can be in the exact right mindset every single second of every single day for the rest of your entire life, you cannot start when I'm in the right headspace. There is no such thing as the right headspace. It just has to become a part of you right? But most people say, I need to be in the right headspace, which means starting on a Monday. Or for a lot of you, you'll be thinking, I'll start January, probably the third, because the first is a Sunday, the second is bank holiday. So you're probably going, I'll start January the third. Worst time in the world to start. Start now. Start over Christmas, because if you can prove to yourself that you can lose weight over Christmas, your entire identity will shift. So most people go, I'll start on a Monday, and I'm going to cut everything out. And I'm going to not have chocolate and not have wine and not have pizza and not have takeaways and not have any of the things that I enjoy in my life. I'm going to go to the gym seven times a week and I'm going to train really hard and I'm going to lose three stone in like two months and it's going to be awesome. By about week six, you are absolutely over it. I can't go to the gym seven times a week. This is ridiculous. I can't just keep cutting everything out. I'm hungry. I'm tired. Your willpower starts to wane. Everybody's walking past looking like, you know, a bottle of Pinot and a slice of pizza and you're going, screw it. I give in. I'm going to binge all of Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I'll just start again on Monday. And this is the cycle that happens because most people are focused on the outcome, the three stone in eight weeks or whatever it might be. They then think about some habits which are going to the gym seven times a week or only eating a stupidly low number of calories or cutting out every single food and drink that they could possibly ever enjoy. They think about these habits, but the problem is that these habits aren't congruent with who they are as a person, as an identity. If you're not the kind of person who it, it never wants, if, if you're not the kind of person who wants to give up chocolate for the rest of your life, then don't attempt to try and give it up for a short period of time. If you're not the kind of person that wants to give up takeaways for the entire rest of your life, don't be the kind of person that attempts to give it up in a short period of time because your identity will win. 
your identity says, I'm the kind of person that loves takeaways, that loves pizza, that loves chocolate. And you'll end up feeling so fatigued that you've been working against your identity that you'll overindulge on all of it because your identity is craving it. I, I love this. I want this. I want this. I want this. So you give in. It's not willpower. It's you. It's just your identity saying this is who we are. And if you deprive it of everything that it is, if you deprive the child of being who they are for any length of time, they're going to rebel. If you have a child, let's say you have a little boy, but he loves wearing dresses. Who he is is the kind of person that just likes wearing dresses. And you prevent him from doing that and you say, no, that's wrong. That's not okay. Don't wear dresses. It's bad. He's going to rebel and wear dresses every single day of his blooming life. It's the same with food. If you tell yourself it's wrong and it's bad to eat these things, it's wrong, it's bad, but you're the kind of person that enjoys them, you're going to rebel against yourself. And you're then going to overindulge, over binge, eat to excess, and it's never going to last long term. So it's not the outcome and it's not the habits, it's the identity you hold. So the first thing you've got to look at is what beliefs do you have about yourself and what is the identity that you keep telling yourself that you have? So we need to start shifting it. So one of the things that's really, really good to do is to think about, okay, well, if I want an outcome, imagine the kind of person who has the outcome you want. I'm a great believer in role modeling. I'm a great believer in cut off, you know, shave off decades of learning by finding somebody who's done it and modeling them, right? Why not? They've done the work following their footprints, okay? So... Take an outcome that you want, and let's just say it's three stone. Now, three stone in eight weeks is entirely unhealthy. So let's say three stone in uh, four months. Yeah, three stone in four months. Who is the kind of person that has the outcome you want? What kind of person are they? Are they the kind of person that is forever trying to lose weight, or are they the kind of person that views themselves as just choosing healthily for them? Are they the kind of person that sees food as good or bad and blames themselves and goes into guilt cycles for eating certain foods? Or do they see all foods as useful energy to some extent? And because of that, they don't see them as scarce. Because what happens is, especially this time of year, (gasps) Christmas biscuits, Christmas cake, roast potatoes, all of these sorts of things. Half pint, my client said to me the other day, (laughs) half pints of Baileys, right? All of these things overindulge in at this time of year because we see them as scarce. We can only have them now. We can't have them in January. So you go, I better have every single bit of it now because I can't have it in January. So you create a, a mind of scarcity around it. It's the same with time. I have no time. It's just a scarcity mindset saying I haven't got enough. So we create scarcity around the food, tricking ourselves into believing that it won't be available. Of course, if you want to have Christmas cake in February, there will be a place that you can find Christmas cake in February. If you want to have a cheese platter in March, you can have a cheese platter in March. They're not just available at this time of year, but we go into this scarcity mode of, oh my goodness, I need to have all of it now. I absolutely need to have all of it now. Okay, so this is is the way that our mind works. The kind of person who has the outcome you want, do you think that they see food as scarce or do you think that they see food 
as absolutely abundant and they choose the right thing at the right time for them because it's naturally who they are. If they want to have cheese in February, they will. If they want to have a half pint of Baileys in April, they will. But they won't then blame themselves for doing it, go, I've ruined the entire day, and then go into a scarcity mindset saying, right, Monday, I need to be back on it, whatever on it means. And therefore, I better have three more half pints of Baileys and finish off the entire cheese platter because as soon as I get to Monday, I can't. And you create a scarcity mindset. It's not the first half pint of Baileys. It's not the first pit of cheese that has any effect on your weight. If you had a lump of cheese that big and maybe like four crackers, in the grand scheme of things, is that going to have any effect on your weight? No. If you then go into the mindset of, oh my goodness, I've ruined it. I've been bad. This was the wrong thing to do. Monday, I've got to be really, really good. and I've got to be on it. Then you go, oh, well, because of that, I need to finish the entire cheese board and the entire box of crackers and add the bottle of wine on top of it. Then that's going to have an effect on your weight. So it's the mindset and the identity we hold. If we hold an identity of someone who purely chooses well for them, the identity is someone that sees food as food, not as good or bad. Food is not a moral judgment on you then that's when we start to inhabit the kind of person who naturally changes their habits. When you change your identity, the habits themselves shift without thinking about it. And therefore, the weight drops without thinking about it. That is the aim of the game, is to be able to lose weight without trying. Because if we do it without trying, it means it's naturally part of who we now are as a person, which means you can keep it up forever because it's part of you. So the mindset of a champion, the mindset of someone who creates the body of their dreams and keeps it, first starts with your identity and deciding who you choose to be and then reinforcing that. Because you can't just say one day, right, I'm the kind of person that chooses healthily. And then that's it. That's not going to do anything. Repetition is the mother of skill. Repetition it's the mother of skill. See how I repeated it there? Yeah. It's like roadblocks, right? You've got, imagine like an old Victorian cobbled path and it's pointing in that direction. And it's made up of millions of cobbles. Every time you say, I am the kind of person that makes a healthier choice, you're taking one cobble and putting it here. If I take one cobble out of this huge long path of cobbles and put it here, well, which is the easiest path to walk down? This path of complete swamp and one cobble or this path of 999,999? You say it once, nothing happens. You've just moved a cobble. You say it twice, you've moved another cobble. Three times, another cobble. You have to reaffirm that identity hundreds, if not thousands of times for enough cobbles to be moved that the path starts to shift. Once the path has shifted, now you start to walk down this one because it's easier than going back to that one. This, this new identity is now easier than being that old version of you because this is now just swamp. All of your habits and behaviours and identity, all of those cobbles are here. So that's the most important bit. So look, I'm, I'm hoping some of that's been valuable for you. I'm hoping some of it's been helpful for you. 
and really just understanding why when you lose weight often you put it back on again why those changes don't stick and look you know where I am if you need any help on this if you want to have a chat about your identity about your habits and behaviors about creating lifelong change for you for good because that's what I do with my clients is we take that identity and we shift it so that we can never go back again so that we can lose weight without actually thinking about losing weight. That's the whole point of what I do. If you'd like any help with that, then shoot me a message, you know, go to Facebook, pop me a little message over and, and, and just give me a shout. So at the moment we're, we're running December for free. So anybody that signs up now, you get an extra four weeks because this is a tough time of year, but all of my clients lose weight over Christmas. So you can be one of them too. So, you know, if you, if you want to take advantage of that, don't don't hesitate pop me over a message and let's get chatting but in the meantime i hope that's helped i really look forward to seeing you again on the next episode and in the meantime have a, an amazing rest of your week and happy first of december i hope you enjoyed today's episode if you need any more information help or advice or would like to book in a free discovery call to discuss your health weight and body shape goals and the best way to get you there, head to www.thehealthandfitnesscoach.com for more information and links to our social media, or message us at plus four four seven seven six nine six nine zero six seven nine, or email us at Rita R I T A at thehealthandfitnesscoach.co.uk. Thank you for listening and I can't wait to see you on the next episode. In the meantime, live, love and learn.